Nike is uh, changing up how they uh, reach out and sell to consumers. However, because of their hesitation to give Ford Outlook, uh, that has me that has me concerned for Nike and other companies within the same within the same sector. Right, Nike is te- technically or could be what's called a, a a bellwether or a canary in the coal mine for all these different retail companies. So, you know, if they're hesitant, then I'm hesitant for the broader market. On this episode of Early Bird, Leon Smith, the CEO of Tiblio. Leon joins the podcast today to talk about Nike's stock, how it fits into the larger retail market, and what investors should do with Nike. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Leon, thank you so much for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? I'm well, Stephen. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. I'm really excited. We're going to talk about the retail sector and specifically one stock, Nike, um, and love to get your insights on that. But before we delve into that, Leon, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. If you could give you know, your background a little bit, uh, just like a quick 30-second biography, that would be great. Absolutely, absolutely. So my name is Leon Smith. Uh, I am the C- CEO of Tiblio. Tiblio is a platform that allows traders to find stocks, options, and crypto data to find the best options to trade during the day. So essentially, as traders are looking for different plays, uh, different strategies, Tiblio provides those strategies for traders. Uh, before I started Tiblio, my co-founder and I, Kevin, met at UCLA while we were pursuing our MBAs. We were trying to figure out how can we create a platform to help traders uh, navigate the stock market in a way that reduces their anxiety. So when folks use Tiblio, we allow them to log their trades, find strategies, and essentially avoid a lot of the pitfalls that new traders have when entering the market. Mm. I think that's wonderful. Uh, definitely check out the, the platform. Well, what's the URL for Tiblio? Tiblio, T-I-B-L-I-O.com. Check out Tiblio.com. It's a wonderful platform. They do a great job educating uh, investors. And that's what we're going to do today on the podcast. We're going to talk about uh, educating investors, um, specifically in retail stocks. Um, Leon, from a a very high level, how would you sort of um, grade the the retail sector right now for investors? Yeah, so at a high level, the retail sector has definitely taken a hit. As we all know, and we're, we're all hearing, inflation is on the rise. When inflation happens, it, it erodes our purchasing power. So if we don't have that much purchasing power, then uh, consumers aren't buying as many products. When that happens, retail stocks typically take a hit. Uh, for example, as we all have seen, 
energy prices are high, gas is very expensive. Again, when when we see this, uh, people are not going out to the stores to buy purchases that they typically would buy. Mm, you're absolutely right. It certainly has a big impact on on retail stocks. So so right now for retail stocks, the big issue is inflation. You're telling me. So there's a couple of issues. So we have inflation, right? Uh, when the pandemic was taking place, a lot of people were receiving money from the government, which is great. A lot of this money was stacking up. So there's now a big demand for these products. However, because of uh, the pandemic, we have supply chain issues, which have stymied uh, products being developed. We see this with the chip shortage, right? So when consumers are going out to buy cars, we're seeing uh, used cars, in fact, being a lot more expensive than what they typically would be. Uh, we can stack on this the war uh, in, in Ukraine, unfortunately, right? That's impacting the supply chain as well. So we have the supply chain, we have the pandemic, we have inflation. When we compound all of these factors together, uh, retail sector specifically is taking a hit in that consumers are protecting their money, right? They're putting it in the stock market. They're uh, they're not spending, they're being more cautious or they're buying in bulk to, to conserve their money. So they're not going out buying items that they typically would uh, if all these all these external factors were taking place. Mm. You're, you're absolutely right about all those different trends. Um, one in particular that stands out to me is certainly the pandemic. Um, as you know, retail stocks got slammed in 2020 during the pandemic, all the lockdowns, people couldn't buy, especially those brick and mortar uh, businesses. There were several that declared bankruptcy. It was a good year for e-commerce stocks. Uh, but in the past year, things have changed. Um, the sector to me seems to be a bit resilient. Um, and I was wondering from your standpoint, going forward, do you think the pandemic is still going to be a big issue for this sector? Yeah, so going forward, uh, I think the pandemic, will, the pandemic will not be an issue moving forward for the retail sector. I think as, uh, you know, as mask mandates are uh, removed, as people are going out more, as we transition from more uh, consumer goods to services. So if we think back during the pandemic, all all services, a big part of services were, were muted, right? Yeah. A lot of money went towards uh, products. So as people transition back to services, uh, we'll see a lessening demand for products, which is basically the basically the the retail sector. We'll see lessening demand. We'll see supply chains start to lift up, and so we'll see a, a healthy rebound for uh, the retail sector. Interesting. That's a, certainly a positive outlook. And the other trend you brought up was supply chain issues. Um, and is this some is this a trend that you think going forward? you know, those investors in the retail sector space may want to keep an eye on? Yeah, so uh, last year in November, roughly, you know, we, we the Fed talked about how uh, the supply chain would be uh, an issue, but it would be transitory. So by transitory, that means it would be, you know, it would be here today, but gone tomorrow. Well, we're seeing that isn't the case. Factories overseas are starting to ramp back up. Uh, but because of inflation, it's more expensive to purchase raw goods. So what we're seeing what's called shrinkflation, actually, where companies such as Procter & Gamble are uh, producing 
essentially the same products, but lesser quantities of a given product. So for example, you know, a fabric softener a year ago may have, uh, let's just say a gallon for fabric softener. Now you'll probably see, you know, uh, three thirds of a gallon, right? So we're seeing uh, shrinkflation just because uh, it's more expensive to buy raw products, to buy raw goods for these companies. And as a result, uh, consumers, you know, we're spending more, but we're getting less. Mm -hmm. And so again, with all of these factors uh, coming together, I think we'll see the supply chain start to uh, come come back in that it won't be as impacted as it is now, just because it's going to be so much more expensive uh, to produce goods. Well, hopefully uh, things settle down and get back to normal soon. Um, one of those stocks that you've taken a look at in the retail sector is Nike. Um, Nike reported its earnings in the second half of March. Um, I guess very generally, what do you make of Nike after it's reported its earnings just a few weeks ago? Yeah, so I, you know, I follow the Nike stock. the The result of the Nike report was that they beat earnings, right? And so when a company beats earnings, uh, the estimates that analysts give um, Nike, uh, their their results were above these estimates. Now, you know, the stock market is forward looking. Investors want to see. Um, forward progress, uh, optimistic forward, uh, forward results. Nike was very hesitant to give outlook uh, moving forward past this past this earnings on March 21st because of inflation. Mm. So demand was good. Uh, demand was good in the U.S. and in Europe, the second largest um, market for Nike, the U.S. being number one. Demand was good. You know, Nike is uh, changing up how they uh, reach out and sell to consumers. However, because of their hesitation to give forward outlook, uh, that has me that has me concerned for Nike and other companies within the same within the same sector. Right? Nike is te- technically, or could be, what's called a, a a bellwether or a canary in the coal mine for all these different retail companies. So, you know, if they're hesitant, then I'm hesitant for the broader market. Mm. So you're saying a lot of the issues that Nike is seeing um, could also impact some other big players in retail as well? Uh, definitely, definitely. So not again, not all retail, but if we think about companies similar to Nike, so Under Armour, Lululemon, um, other clothing, athletic type companies, you know, if we're trading these companies, we want to be cognizant of how Nike is doing because that could impact the stocks that we're trading. Mm. So this, this and this, you know, you mentioned Lululemon, and so this, this, this impacts everything, brick and mortar, and e-commerce. You're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, right. Because if Nike is, if Nike has channels, brick and mortar, and digital, and they're hesitant to again give forward-looking earnings or for, yeah, forward-looking earnings, then yes, it's going to impact their whole bottom line. Nike's earnings are critical. When we return, we'll hear from Leon about the pros and cons of Nike, and specifically how investors should trade Nike. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, 
investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Leon, uh, today we're, we're talking about retail uh, sector stocks, specifically Nike, and we're examining the earnings that Nike most recently presented just a few weeks ago. And you mentioned your concern over the fact that there's uh, forward-looking earnings uh, have not been released by the company yet. Um, I want to take a look at some of the uh, issues we saw with Nike most recently from their earnings. Um, their digital business soared in the quarter, a phenomenal quarter with digital sales. Is that something investors can still kind of look forward to? Yeah, definitely. So digital sales definitely uh, took off. Uh, Nike is trying to remove uh, the third party or other other companies selling their products. So going straight to consumers, uh, digital sales have definitely looked good. So again, for for Nike and other companies such as Lululemon, and again, uh, using the Under Armour as an example, the more digital sales uh, we see, uh, the better especially as Nike pivots from using a lot of these wholesalers that are selling their products currently. Mm. You're, you're right. The direct-to-consumer uh, business for Nike, it's strong and it's an important element of hopefully Nike's success in the future. We'll see. Um, but looking at Nike globally in the, in the most recent quarter, you know, it did strong in North America and in Europe and all throughout the world, except one major country, and that was China. Uh, from your estimation, what happened in the last quarter with Nike in China? Yeah, so last quarter with China, uh, a boycott um, amongst Chinese consumers towards uh, Western brands specifically caused Nike and other Western companies to to take a hit. So Nike is still recovering from this, uh, from this boycott. But uh, as we saw this past quarter, uh, Nike doubled down on their domestic uh, market and their uh, European market. Now, with that being said, the situation in Ukraine will more than likely impact Nike's next uh, quarterly earnings, especially in, in Europe. So that's something to take a look for. Uh, but that being said, the situation in China, uh, the boycott of Western companies uh, definitely sends a signal that you know, when we're trading these international companies, we definitely need to be aware of how international politics plays into the different stocks we're trading. So for me, for example, you know, if I'm trading Nike, if I'm trading any other huge international company, which, you know, a lot of stocks are international, uh, I want to be very, very uh, keen and informed about, uh, again, I don't have to know all the politics going on, but just the headlines. So again, this boycott of companies in um, this boycott in China of Western companies, though, didn't impact uh, Nike stock significantly. Uh, definitely hurt it. So, you know, given that, I, I'd, I'd want to be cautious um, of other companies that do a lot of um, do a lot of uh, business in China. You're absolutely right, and certainly there are a lot of companies, including in the retail space, that do business in China. And if Nike is struggling there, uh, at least it did in the most recent quarter, there is a good chance it could impact other um, international businesses that do business in China. 
Um, from an investor's standpoint, looking at the most recent earnings, what are some of the advantages of investing in Nike, the pros of the stock as you see it? Yeah, so with any with any stock, you know, you want to be comfortable with the company, understand what their product is. So for many of us, we've seen Nike, we know what Nike is. Mm-hmm. So that's that's step one. Uh, but the pros are definitely the strong domestic demand for Nike. Uh, you know, a cup that's a mix of that has been right back to school. People are going outside. Uh, it's it's spring, summertime in North America right now, so. Uh, the demand for these sporting goods are pretty high. The down, uh, the cons of Nike, definitely uh, the the China situation uh, and how closely tied, closely tied uh, Nike is to that market. Uh, in addition to that, uh, a lot of Nike factories are in Vietnam, and so COVID hit those factories pretty hard. A lot of those factories are coming back online right now, but it's unclear as to as to what capacity they're back. And so that's a con I would definitely uh, keep an eye on. Um, I would also add that Nike uh, is diversifying the way they are uh, reaching out to consumers, uh, which is good. So, you know, Foot Locker being one of Nike's major uh, resellers, right? Nike is actually moving away from this model for a lot of their other resellers. Uh, They're keeping Foot Locker on for some time. I'm not quite sure how long, but they're keeping Foot Locker on. Uh, but going direct to consumer, investing in digital uh, will definitely help Nike's bottom line in the long term. So uh, that's definitely a, a pro of uh, investing in Nike. Wow. Uh, thank you for talking about the pros and the cons there um, and giving a kind of a really good overview of where Nike stands right now. Certainly, there's a lot to like about the stock, but there are, are concerns that you brought up that are extremely valid. Um Leon, right now, as you look at the stock, let me ask, how would you trade Nike? Yeah, so again, as as an options investor, an options seller, right? So uh, within Tilbury, we have different strategies. Um, credit spreads are one of those strategies. I would probably, so again, I'm, I'm somewhat bullish on Nike, but not so bullish that I would buy a call on Nike, right? A call option. So I would probably sell, uh, put credit spreads on Nike. So a, a credit, a put credit spread is a bullish option strategy. You're basically, you're selling um, an option strategy in the market. I would sell a put credit spread um, on Nike. Again, I'm, I'm bullish on Nike, but I'm not so bullish that I expect it to take off. So um, selling a put credit spread allow, allows me to take advantage of that um, of my, of my theory on Nike. Ooh, thank you for being specific with that. Um, it seems like a pretty good investing strategy um, as it relates to Nike. Um, for me, when I look at a stock, I tend to gravitate more towards value stocks. Um, and Nike is very interesting right now. Um, there is a bit of a debate right now among investors. Is Nike considered to be a value stock. You look at its PE ratio, its price to earnings ratio, it's a little too high to kind of fall under that value category and thus the debate around if it's really a value stock or not. Uh, Leon, would you categorize Nike as a value stock? Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, So as it stands, I would definitely categorize Nike as a value stock. 
simply because this this pivot to direct to consumer uh, will be adding uh, a lot to Nike's bottom line. So when we see this, we see value being added back to Nike, right? So they're taking the profits from the wholesalers and putting that back into their uh, and reinvesting it back into their their business. So. I think this pivot uh, qualifies Nike, Nike as a definite value stock right now. Interesting. Uh, I, you know, it's it's a debate right now. I'm I'm not even sure how I would categorize it as a value stock right now. But to your point, I think it's a really interesting stock, and maybe it's a harbinger of where other retail stocks w- will be in the coming months. Um, the other retail stocks will announce their earnings in the next month or two. Um, and so we'll, we'll have to see and in, in, in how, see how they're going to perform. Um, Leon, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird podcast today and talking about the retail sector, uh, specifically Nike stock. Um, listeners, definitely check out Leon's platform, Tiblio. It's a great trading platform. Uh, before we wrap up today's podcast, Leon, I just have one final question, and it's the big question for today's podcast. Uh, the question is if you could audition for a a singing tv show what song would you pick and why oh boy uh that's a good one uh what song would i pick it would have to be uh an 80s song um uh lionel richie's i forget what lionel richie's his song um hello yeah hello (laughs) just go with that (laughs) That sounds like a good pick. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good uh, karaoke song. Thank you again to Leon Smith for sharing your insights on Nike. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. Mm